0: Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about roleplayers. I'm Jess Vetters.
1: And I'm Colin Lamothe. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share our favorite hobby.
0: We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience <laughs> that we're eager to share with you. Our topic today is, hey, who the heck are we? But before we get into it, hey, who the heck are you?
1: <laughs> well, as I have introduced myself before, I am Colin Lamoth. I am 28 years young this year and have been gaming. I've uh, been gaming probably for about the last 14, 15 years, I'd say, ever since I got started in high school.
0: Very nice.
1: Yes, yes, I suppose. How about how about you? Give us the, give us the rundown, the the preview. Give us your backstory,
0: but in bite-sized, well, uh,
1: manageable pieces.
0: I was born on a desert planet called Tatooine. Byte, uh, raised by my non-uncle,
1: non, non-copyright backstories.
0: Oh, right, the part that's not total lies. Ah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm Jess. I am also 28. Uh, Colin, you and I went to college together, which is we how did. we met. Uh, similarly, I have been tabletop role-playing for roughly 13 years. I think I started, like, got into my first game when I was about 15. Uh, cha-cha-cha. How long has that been That's now? Is like...
1: it 10 since years we since I... we met? Yeah, it's been ten years, buddy. It's been ten years.
0: This this is year ten at least. Yeah. <laughs> we can now officially call it a decade long friendship.
1: Who boy? Hoof that 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 adult? That adulthood? That inexorable march of aging.
0: I mean, we ain't spring chickens any longer, but we're not exactly old.
1: What is a spring chicken exactly? Is it, is it a chicken that, that is first born in spring? Is, is that what it's called? Is it a, a chicken from a specific spring-like environment? Is it a chicken with a spring in its step? Explain to me uh, what a spring chicken is.
0: Well, I actually know this because my mom raises chickens now, and a spring chicken is actually a chicken that you only water with water from like uh, a fresh spring underground is preferred but if you can't get underground then you know mountain is fine how is that Uh, if you can get like a nice desert spring that's even better How, how
1: how on earth is that supposed to be an analog to age
0: uh well you see spring chickens live longer by virtue of what they call raw water
1: Ooh, that's that's a new thing. That's a new thing that's hitting California pretty hard.
0: It is. And by hitting California pretty hard, we mean, like, about to give a whole bunch of tech developers dysentery.
1: I mean, at least they'll be able to roleplay being in an environment where um, that's a bigger problem.
0: Yeah, it's like Westworld without the robots and with a lot less medical <clears throat> advances in technology.
1: Ah, it's so great. It's so authentic. It. <laughs> so let's get back into why we're doing this podcast and why you should spend your time listening to us out of every yes. other podcast that exists right now because podcasts are popular.
0: Uh before we get into that real quick, I just do want to acknowledge that you're listening to this right now as to Decahedron episode zero zero one. Um uh, while episodes two through, let's say seven, are already out, because that's when we're recording this. Because uh, frankly, the first time we recorded this, it sounded like hot garbage, and we wanted to replace that. How does
1: hot garbage sound? Is it, is it like a slow decaying... Do you think there's flies? Is it flies? Oh, there are
0: trust me, I have lived in New York for about five years now, gone through four and a half summers, and there are definitely flies. Uh, it sounds like a squish in slow motion.
1: Ooh, alright, that that's an evocative it's an evocative sound. Sorry I mean such a stickler on, on the phrases that we use today. For some reason I'm just on that.
0: Hey, I like my phraseology, and if you're gonna If you're going to get on my case about what I say, then I'm going to happily provide explanations for all of my nonsense.
1: I fully expect you to provide explanations for all of your nonsense. And then speaking of the nonsense, yes. Why
0: are people listening to us?
1: Exactly. Especially why are they listening to us after we botched the first episode?
0: Well, it's kind of like we said in our intro, and it's kind of like we said in our introductions after our intro together you and i are sitting on around 25 years of gaming experience Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know if you've learned this recently but um role-playing games specifically dungeons and dragons but role-playing in general uh it's kind of popular these days it
1: is it is weirdly popular
0: i mean we had a couple of great like internet things you know critical role and the adventure zone and Mm -hmm. thrilling adventure hour i think is another one that uses the format uh but is a little more scripted uh a lot more but then there was also stuff like you know stranger things which comes along and it's like oh hey you can play dungeons and dragons and save the world i mean by the you know by the time have friends
1: yeah by the time we started gaming in our gaming career um it it had already started to be accepted a little bit. It wasn't uh, still at a point where you'd want to go around carrying dice and like proudly uh, uh, advertising that that you were into um, tabletop role playing games. It still wasn't quite at that point where I reached it in in high school, but it was at least at the point where people would openly talk about it, and people that were considered fairly cool could still. Engage in it and it not be a huge secret. It was nothing like I imagine it was in more of like the 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 80s or the or the 90s where it was a little was a little harder to get um, Kind of like recognized cred
0: for it. Oh, yeah
1: So when I came into role-playing at least it, it still wasn't a pariah like element
0: Right you could be a and d player and it wasn't considered social suicide
1: Right. It was still probably at the time considered socially weird, a little strange, but not nearly as bad as it, you know, had been in decades past.
0: We are very lucky to have grown up after the time when playing, you know, any... Well, really any, like, fantastical game of any sort could get you shoved into a locker.
1: That's true. That's true. Absolutely. And, uh, And especially today... Uh, where we see it's not only more accepted as, you know, as an event, as a mode uh, of something that people can do, but uh, psychologists are approaching it, using it as tools to um, help people with learning disabilities. There, there are programs that make more uses of it. Mainstream media, uh, movies, and television shows take more cues from the tabletop role-playing format and the world it's become kind of retroactively not only accepted but embraced as gen con continues to grow year after mm-hmm. year which uh you really need to come back and attend buddy
0: uh i'm, I'm working on it uh, it's you know this year in gen con is my next year in jerusalem
1: ah <laughs> uh, but you you get to you come back to indie so often back to indie every now and then can't you just make the now and then the gen con then
0: i just have to make sure that i have that uh that sweet sweet gen con money or organizers if you're listening that sweet sweet gen con invitation (laughs) that that may
1: well that may well be and i could probably hook you up on as long as you'd be willing to run some events uh, we can certainly try to find a way to get you a ticket because those ticket prices—they continue to—they continue to climb. Pre-register tickets these days are hundred and ten dollars. Like, I remember when they were like nine. I remember when they were freaking seventy.
0: To, yeah, to dude. I think the first year that I went to GenCon, it was like sixty-five bucks for a four-day pass. Mm, yeah, it's a hundred and ten now. That's oh man, that's very close to doubling. Yeah, that I much machi.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's really better to run events, and of course that segues into talking about con games, which I, if we don't, I'm pretty sure we talked about it in one of our episodes a little bit.
0: Um, We've discussed it a couple of times. Right. Uh, you can listen to our LARP episode in particular for us talking a lot about conventions and the gaming that goes in on and around them.
1: Ah, oh, right, because I, I run I run a successful LARP, yes. And it is only successful in that it continues to grow. As soon as it stagnates or continues to drop, I will no longer call it a successful LARP. I will call it a LARP.
0: Well, I think that's a fair... Is nomenclature the word that I'm looking for? No, distinction. Distinction Distinction. is is a
1: better word that you're looking for. All right. Well, then, since this is our beginning, our kind of our debut episode, um, Jess, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Going to toss this your way. Uh, what okay. would you consider to be your uh, specialties, your areas of expertise within the gaming world? Are you a better game master, or are you a better player? Is your expertise more on the uh, on the party side or behind the screen side? Like where? Where do you come from, and and, and where do you consider to be, and what do you consider to be the wealth of your experience? Why people should listen to you uh, based on what you say your qualifications are?
0: Well, Colin, I'm very glad you asked. I consider myself more of a player than a game master at this point, although Mm -hmm. um, as of next week, I will have run my first official professional D&D game. As in, people are paying me to DM for them, Ooh. which is going to be very exciting, and I'll tell you more about that after it happens. Uh, but, when it comes right down to it, what I consider my strengths in roleplaying are things like mm-hmm. character development and okay. party cohesion. I like the people involved in role playing. Sure. Like, the characters are always my favorite thing, and when I do run a game, and people who have played in games that I've run will know this, I like to plan on having, like, 90 NPCs, depending on how big 90. the game is going to go.
1: Is 90 your basic number? Is that just, like, that's that's your base?
0: 90, that's, I think, at this point, my average. Your average. Uh, I have gone between having, you know, like, 16 or 17 in what will be considered roughly a one or two shot. And in the longest game that I've run, which I talk about in later episodes, I had, I think at last count, it was around 130.
1: 130 distinct NPCs? Were they distinct NPCs or just distinct recurring NPCs?
0: Uh, distinct named people that existed in the world and could be encountered at any given time Uh, i see to say not all of them were played but all of them had lives and purposes and meanings Uh, i basically run my games the way that bethesda builds their worlds Mm. well no the way that obsidian builds their worlds I mean, I like to give the players a nice big playground where if they clip through the world, then uh, I'm going to turn that into a thing. But mostly, I just like the sandbox experience. So when I'm playing a game, I'm going to be the most emotionally invested player. I'm going to pursue every lead that I can. I'm going to wrestle with your NPCs and... Squeeze the life out of the world that you put in front of me. But so m- a- so many
1: fetch quests.
0: Oh God, the most fetch quests. Well, not the most. That belongs to Fetch Quest Ryan. <laughs> no, sorry, uh, it was side quest. It Ryan, is side quest
1: right? Ryan. Side quest Ryan. It's not That's even been fetch so quest.
0: Long, so long <laughs> since I played with that guy that I forgot the nickname that i think you and i co-created for yeah
1: it. no that's that's true and just for a little bit of background that is a player that we refer to uh in a couple of our episodes kind of every now and then because he's a fun guy to refer to side quest ryan was a person who would take an otherwise meaningless detail that that was presented more as flavor and concentrated it and concentrated on it so hard that it forced me to make a side quest for that detail and at often, point, oh, go ahead, continue.
0: At one point, it made an entire campaign arc.
1: Yeah, it it, it absolutely did. Uh, I mean, he he pushes on all the things that I don't consider to be important, which forces them to be important and takes a story in really unexpected directions.
0: People like that are fascinating and fun to play with because you literally never know what's going to come out of them. Mm, yeah like i i very deeply enjoy running a game for somebody who goes the wrong direction and sticks with it because then it keeps me on my toes as a gm and it definitely keeps me engaged as a player
1: within a, a reasonable margin of error uh, going the wrong way and sticking to it, because there there are some wrong ways that you can follow that completely unseat the entirety of the narrative, and and sometimes being extremely stubborn. On like uh, the black uh, the the black sorcerers legions have come down upon the town and you have the opportunity to evacuate the last living members. Well, oh, what if I actually just uh, choose to uh, reach out to the envoy? Yes, that big scary fellow in armor. I'll tell him where the rest of the refugees are hiding in exchange for a, a position of leadership uh, in in the black sorcerers army. I think that would be a much more uh, interesting use of my time. No, no, no! It, no, no! It really wouldn't. That, that's a, I mean, it's a bad decision.
0: That's an evil decision. It is. It's, a, it's an anti-narratively bad deci- Well, if the party goes along with it, it's not anti-party.
1: Oh, if the party goes along with it, that's that's fair. But why would they be? Why would the why would Black Source be interested in, in, in necessarily promoting everybody in the army? I mean, like everyone's technically a refugee. It's just one of the refugees turns them over. Eh, room for one turncoat, not five turncoats. That's like that's that's bad promotion habits. Honestly, that's bad HR work.
0: Well, I suppose it depends on how much power is in this position of power.
1: <laughs> there, there are, and and this is where we we can we can disagree on on certain things. I prefer to tell stories of narrative arcs that include redemption, not necessarily people that are worse and continue to get worse, and it goes on interminably until we're all too sick of the campaign to continue.
0: Oh, see, you and I have no disagreement there. I do not like running or playing in evil games, but if somebody mm. does want that and somebody wants to run it for them...
1: Oh, I'm sure it's happened.
0: I think we should discuss it.
1: I'm, I'm sure it's happened. I'm I'm positive It's happened, and I will find someone to bring on to this show so that we can discuss it.
0: As we should. Uh, And Colin, I am going to turn that question that you asked me around on you, but Mm. really quick before I do that. Okay. I'm going to ask our audience, if you're listening to these episodes and you have any questions that you would like us to ponder or topics you would like us to talk about, Mm -hmm. you can actually now Email or Facebook us those questions and conversation starters. And we'll see it. We have an email at podcast at gmail.com. That is dodecapodcast, D-O-D-E-C-A, podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at dodecapodcast.
1: It's, yes, and we'll be able to see it whenever. Doesn't matter we if we're won't. at work or at an important event, we're, uh, at at anything anything any given time we'll be able to know that you've asked the question and we'll continue to uh to answer them as as we can
0: so send us in your questions your comments your concerns and while you do that Colin why should they send you their questions ah so who are you to answer their concerns
1: who am i to answer these concerns how dare i presume all right well uh I have been role-playing, as I mentioned, for some period of time, uh, certainly not as long as some people have been gaming, but it has been at least enough time that I've picked up a few things about running games. Most of my time has been sent has been spent behind the screen. I've been a, 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 I was a player when I was first recruited in, um, then started running games, and then continued to run games, and now have continued to run games forever. Um, now,
0: I have to interject real quick here. When you say behind the screen, uh, you're not talking about a computer screen.
1: No, I'm I'm talking about the the GM screen. That's that's a terminology phrase for for anybody new to role playing. It's a, it's a screen that the DMs put up on their side of the table that obscures their wicked smiles. Um, and sometimes the look of shock when uh, a player does something that they did not plan. It also has a lot of really handy tables and uh, kind of like a quick sheet for rolling and NPCs and things like that. They just have all of their little special things behind the screen that helps them organize a
0: game. They are very handy to have.
1: They are super handy to have. And they can be quite... Well, sorry d- to
0: interrupt. Please go on. Oh,
1: yeah. No, it's it's fine i suppose having a co-host means you'll 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 interrupt me sometimes uh <laughs> just to
0: clarify things
1: <laughs> if only it was just and occasionally just as a joke.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i have a lot of experience as uh as a dm as a facilitator of storytelling i've used um um a handful of different systems I, I certainly specialize when I can uh, so that I know systems kind of backwards and forwards but I'm always willing to try a, a new system um, If it has a focus on narrative, I tend to be the kind of storyteller that focuses Mm -hmm. uh, entirely upon character progression on interrelationships between both the player characters and the NPCs and a a storyline that emphasizes the narrative over the rule sets. Uh, essentially, we we use a, a we use rule of cool. When we can, we use the rules to sort of frame what we can and cannot do, rather than um, to nitpick the specifics of how our actions work. Um, I have been doing it for some time. Uh, there has not been a time of more than a month that I haven't been running a game. At least once, sometimes twice a week, which seems impossible and is impossible, is so difficult <laughs> 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 to to handle that in a time schedule, um, and uh, to to handle other adulting activities. But I've I've managed it so far, um, and I find that the once a week, which is uh, truly a luxury. For, for people I find these days. Um, really helps to keep the story fresh in people's minds. Um, although uh, I have had some success with uh, every other week gaming, I have not so much had success with once a month gaming. I find that that often takes people so far out of the story that it takes too long to get back into it before anything meaningful can be accomplished. But that's, that's really just me. And probably because I, I focus on on narrative so um zealously
0: right Um, i will say both you and i are very narrative focused in the way that we play and run games it's
1: true that's that's fair that's that's fair to say uh lately i've taken my um storytelling and i've taken over a gen con larp um that i played in for a number of years And finally, decided to take over as the head storyteller was stepping down, and uh, we had a like a thirty to forty percent growth. Uh, Or wait, no, I'm terrible with numbers. We had a bunch of growth. I'm just gonna say Uh, we had dropped down to like some twenty something people. um, Where before we had like an attendance of close to sixty at the very beginning. The year before I took over, we had some twenty some people, and I got to a little over, a little over. 35 to sometimes 40 a night before so that's that's definitely not the percentage that i said
0: yeah um, no so that was roughly a 60 percent drop from what you had and then what you built from who remained was about a hundred percent growth i i'm
1: not great with numbers
0: in fact that's I- all right
1: Funny, funny anecdotal story about that that I'd actually I, I'd like to I'd like to relate uh, to how bad I am with numbers and measurements, and um, unfortunately, this this probably makes me seem like not an expert. Um, but I'm not an expert at building stuff or measuring distances super well. I, I struggle with that. When I when in high school, I was trying to describe uh, to my friends this gigantic wall that was uh, that was built around this city. Uh, and they're like, all right, well, how high is this wall? And I was like, ah, I don't know. It's it's really, really tall. Like just like it's an immense wall. And they're like, all right, well, uh, like you give us a measurement. And I was like, ah, it's like a mile high. It's like a mile high wall. <laughs> they're like, we we wouldn't be able to. Bri- how did how was this even built? How, how do they man the? How do they see people from
0: there? <laughs> Oh my god, I love that story. <laughs> Cuz every time I hear that, I just have to think of the logistics behind it where I'm just like, "All right, so if you've got a mile-high wall and say your staircase is at like 45 degrees, not too steep, not too narrow, just like a nice <laughs> normal ass perpendicular uh, yeah, perpendicular triangle."
1: That's more thought that I that's more thought than I put into it. <laughs>
0: Well, of course it is. You said the the wall was a mile. (laughs) But, like, the stairs to get up that wall, you're talking about... Let me do some real quick back-of-the-envelope math here. I don't really feel like doing that. That's, like... That's a two-mile-long staircase that somebody is climbing every day and then descending every day just to get to the top of the wall. So that they can, like, look down off the other side.
1: The Stairmaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'd call the guards who had to go up there.
0: I mean, their thighs and their calves would just be glorious.
1: <laughs> can you imagine can slipping and falling down the stairs?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> All right, now I'm just picturing it as like a spiral staircase with very good railings so that when somebody falls from the top it's just a two mile descent of <laughs> 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 Then you hit a little bit of a landing and it's like, oh, oh no, okay." okay. Alright, I'm, I'm okay. Oh no, I slipped again. Bum, 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 bum. And of course they're in plate armor the entire time, so it's just <laughs> like somebody is wailing on like a Neil Pert drum kit. I mean like on the, <laughs> <plus> <laughs> side, <laughs> on, the plus side,
1: on the plus side, the other stairmasters could hear when that when that, that crashing uh that, that crashing problem is coming down to them with enough time to possibly even gather some pillows and like pad for the corpse that eventually arrives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i I like the idea that they're they know whoever is falling down there is already dead (laughs) by golly they're going to put in that one last effort to make it just just to gild that lily (laughs) (laughs)
1: they're they're stare masters they're not stare neanderthals
0: amen to that (laughs) they have some class
1: Uh, all right but but that but that aside my my spatial my spatial awareness in high school aside um i have been uh running these kinds of stories um for 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 years um whether they be with you know characters the inexplicably murder hobo characters, the betray their party, continuously betray their party, never learn their lesson, why won't you learn your lesson, characters, um,
0: and, and... See, the tone there made it sound like that might have been directed at me, but if you listen to a later episode, he actually talks about, uh, a particular person who is a very good example of that. Yeah, it's
1: true. It's not just you.
0: It's not just me. I almost never betray the party. Ah, I said almost. <laughs> we we
1: we could go in for the blow for blow later on. I feel like we we really could. But um, <clears throat> I put uh, a lot of focus around um, narrative theory. Um, on um the weight of stories the progression of characters um i like to create stories in which things are changed i like stories that are iterative um that are um collaborative that build on the efforts of the players that came before so open world environments that have uh, sequel games and the sequel games have um callbacks to the things that characters have done before i I like games that have crossovers if you know when they can be arranged, and be happy to talk about my successful crossover game that's been going over well between two games that I'm running that are successfully crossing over so far. It's very nice. Um, the The interconnectivity between the players, and um, I guess I'm I'm fairly uh, adept, if to, you know, to toot my own horn um, at at getting people involved and compelled. Ah, uh, within the story and to their characters, um, to make everybody feel like their contribution matters. So, I don't have any expertise besides my name that is backed up by any accredited university or thing like that. Uh, but I have a lot of experience as a DM, um, as a storyteller, uh, almost exclusively as a storyteller. I'm actually a garbage player, which um. We can we can talk about we can talk about later because that almost needs its own segment of my weaknesses as a player, um, and that's why you should at least if you have the time, consider my opinion.
0: Well, I know you don't like to toot your own horn, but as far as that getting players engaged and like gripping and pulling us in thing goes. Uh... I briefly mentioned before that Collins and my history goes back to us meeting and playing together in college. Mm, Uh, He ran games for me, uh, mostly in World of Darkness, but we dabbled in a few other systems. We did dabble for like the solid four years. Um, I have fond memories of literally every single game that we played. Aww, and we played a lot. Like for a while there, I spent more time in your dorm room than I did in my own.
1: <laughs> we had so many. There were so many games. You should have Ryan take a picture of his character sheet portfolio sometime. And uh, Jess actually was in <clears throat> the very first game that I ran in. Um, that I ran in college. Um, in which I used a, a kind of a variant of Mutants and Masterminds. Remember that game?
0: I do remember that game. <laughs> Can I tell you something right now? Yeah. yeah. You remember my character from that one, Pathfinder? Yeah, I do remember Pathfinder. I have rebooted Pathfinder in a game of Masks that I'm playing right now.
1: Oh, sweet! Oh, you're playing Masks! Oh, okay. I've got that game. I haven't gotten uh, to be able to use it just yet, and I'm, I'm, I'm very interested.
0: We're like one and a half sessions in, and we do a little bit of coffee shopping over Discord when we're not actually playing. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun game like it's real good this is my second time playing in the system and I I very much enjoy it nice
1: awesome I'm gonna have to connect with you on that a little later
0: well maybe we'll do our systems uh, podcast next week yeah we can talk about it at length
1: <clears throat> I'd be absolutely fine with that uh, powered by the apocalypse stuff very good very good subject to discuss Um, yeah, so, and then, uh, Jess ran the first game in which I was a player, my very first World of Darkness game, and then I ran, like, all the other games after that.
0: Yeah, pretty much every single one.
1: (laughs) Uh, and then I'm just, you know, I just, I continue to, I continue to game, uh, even, even now, to this day.
0: This exact day, the day you are listening to this podcast, yes, you, Sharon. I, no, that was weird. I actually know a Sharon who might possibly listen to this. Uh, oh, okay. Well, no, did, that's just that's hedging you your bets. Hi.
1: That's that's hedging your bets. I was I was afraid you were just
0: picking like a <laughs> random name. I was
1: like, is Sharon that common anymore? Is a
0: name? No, a random name would have been better. I actually went with Sharon on instinct because. It doesn't feel that common, and I don't know more hmm. than one. And the one that I know is like one of my mom's friends. Oh,
1: okay, all right. Anyway,
0: well, hello. Sorry to put you on blast. Uh, <laughs> hope you're still enjoying it, Sharon. <clears throat> so
1: this is this is by way our our kind of way of introducing ourselves. Uh, this podcast uh, we will essentially in this sort of roundabout way that you've heard this. Um, podcast in particular with with maybe a little bit more attention paid to um, less just riffing and going over our old memories that you have context for uh, and more um, going over the actual theories and applications of people. Um, Narrative growth and uh, Gming capability, uh, player styles. That will focus more on the actual applications, things that you can use in your own games, or at least things to think about when you run your own games. Um, and if anything, uh, G- if anything speaks to you, if anything really kind of comes out, um, we'd be happy to know uh, your thoughts again reach out to us over Facebook or email, let us know if anything uh, really seemed correct to you, or or even especially if something that we talked about seemed wrong, you are like, no, 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 that's not my experience, and this was my experience, and how, how do you account for that? We'd be happy to discuss it,
0: honestly. We would be ecstatic to hear that kind of feedback. I love that noise.
1: Yeah, you love a great deal of noise.
0: I do noise rock in particular mm-hmm. i like it when things are just all but no i mean for realties, uh <laughs> ah, it is ah. our goal for this podcast to be informative and right. fun and maybe just a little bit educational
1: evolutionary is i think the word that i'd like to use as as we create more and more of these episodes and as we get viewer or listener feedback i'd like for our podcast to evolve into something um that is collaborative. I Obviously, tabletop role-playing game is, games are a, a collaborative way to express yourself creatively and to bring a lot of people together. And, and I'd like, to an extent, our own podcast to have that kind of collaborative element. But we can't do that without your input, without things that you're thinking about or, or, or things you'd like to hear about or to hear us talk more about. So help us create the tabletop game of podcasts, in a certain sense, uh, and collaborate with us.
0: Exactly. Sorry, I was just still stuck on you saying evolutionary, and I'm just like, that is so cool.
1: Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad that that worked out for you.
0: The idea of an evolutionary podcast. I'm into it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm into it to a degree where I'm like oh, almost that's that's almost a separate thing could just just approach that on a creative endeavor evolutionary podcasts.
0: Well, either way, we are going to make that happen for you, yes. dear listeners. Uh, so, once again, if you do have anything that you want to tell us if you do want to reach out for any reason you can like us on facebook at dodeca podcast you can just search for dodecahedron podcast and you will find us or go to believe the link is facebook.com slash dodeca podcast i will put it in the episode description with the actual title or leave us url
1: a review on itunes they can do that right
0: Yes, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, you do leave us a review on iTunes. Us.
1: Subscribe. There are other podcast platforms in which we are a part of. I have confirmed this by subscribing on those podcast platforms to us.
0: Excellent. Could you could you give us an example of what one of those podcast platforms that someone might be listening to us right now on might be?
1: That, that was a butcher of a sentence, but I'm going to go ahead and answer it. Um, Overcast is the podcast platform that I use for most of my podcasting needs, and we can be found on Overcast. Uh, there used to be another one called Podbay, but they just didn't update when they moved to the new operating system, and now they don't exist anymore. So, no one's listening to us on that.
0: Sorry about you, Podbay. Uh, we are hosted on Podbean, so if you know and use that, you can find us there. We are just dodecahedron on Podbean. And, man, is there any other sort of housekeeping stuff that we need to talk about before we bounce on out of here with this happy-go-lucky little introductory
1: episode? No, I don't think we have anything else that we need to necessarily um, go over. Uh, I believe our viewers have ever- the long and the short of our own touting expertise, what we believe we are good at. And we're just picking randomly those subjects that we are discussing. So
0: there's very little rhyme or reason to it beyond, Hey, do you want to talk about this this week? Yeah. If you've got a specific topic,
1: if you've got a thing that really, that you really want to hear people spend a bunch of time, um, concerning themselves with and thinking about and thinking up theories for um, in the in the gaming kind of genre in the environment of gaming please hit us up, let us know be happy to make that our next subject.
0: We are super jazzed to talk about whatever you are super jazzed about
1: So, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again I am Colin Lamothe
0: And I'm Jess Vedders
1: and we look forward to you, and we look forward to having you listen to our podcast down the line enjoy our later episodes